Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and the guy over there, hey. as always, is my good friend Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing really well. Really well? Yeah, yeah. Sure. You had to think about it for a second, but... Uh, I did. Yeah. I did. You and I have been I traveling be... a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think the first thing that popped in my head is I'm about to get on an airplane. Oh, yeah? Where, where are you going this week? El Paso. Ah, yes. Texas. I'll be there next month. Fort Bliss. Yes. And but now, lest anyone feel too sad for you, mm-hmm. uh, let everybody out there know where you were last week. Well, last week I I suffered for the cause. Yes. And well, you and I both did, but yes, in different yes. locations. In different locations that, that I had to go um, speak for a couple of days in Monterey, California. Yes. And and so I I went a little early. And yeah. play, played a couple of famous golf courses. There are a couple of famous golf courses around yes. around Monterey. Yes. What's that one called? Oh um, yeah, Pebble, uh, Beach. Pebble Beach. Yes. Yeah, so I did yeah. that. I stayed at Pebble Beach for a couple of days. But now, what's the one? There's another wife. one that uh, that well, has more holes, like on the water. Well, that's Cypress Point. But Cypress Point. But you can't play that one. Oh, okay. That you. That's the behind a. Uh, it's like the third most exclusive golf course in the world. Wow, Pine Valley in New Jersey, which is always the number one yeah. golf course in the world, but it's so exclusive they never have tournaments there. They never right. There's not even a sign out front. It's behind. <laughs> you just have to. You have to know. There's a funeral home. There's a like you have to go to the Bat Cave. You have no, to. There's a fire a, station and a funeral home. There's a, a bust of a man, and you have to push it's, his head back, and it it wouldn't even be opens that much. A curtain, and it, it looks like you're driving through a uh, you know a. a a poor town section of New Jersey, and then all of a sudden, and then it opens up, whoop. and it's it's the golf mecca of the world. Wow! And then, uh, but Cypress Point is on right on the right ocean, on yeah. and uh, you can look at it. You actually, when you do the seventeen mile drive around, which if no one has ever done, I've never done that. It's, <laughs> I think it. You know, I get to travel a lot. You get to travel. Sure, a lot. It's yeah. My, I think it's my favorite place on earth. Carmel. Are you, yeah, Carmel are you is at Carmel is at the bottom of Carmel, that seventeen Big mile Sur, drive. That, Big Sur is about an hour south now, which okay, is okay, incredible. Yeah. But that yeah, yeah, whole yeah. coastline, but the Monterey Peninsula, there's a thing called the seventeen mile drive, and it's listed among the great drives huh. in the world. Right? Is it, is it Pacific Coast Highway? Is that it's it's off of that? Off of that. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. And you drive through that golf course, Cypress Point. Yeah. Um, and you see it, and it's it's just remarkable. Mm. So that's where I was, and you yeah. were suffering for the cause in, in Hawaii. Yeah. I was Hawaii. on. Uh, yeah, I flew into Honolulu, which is uh, is not a beautiful city. It's no. in a beautiful place, of course. It's like in 1978, somebody said, "Let's build a really ugly city in a really beautiful place, and let's never update it." Yeah. Um. And there are there are parts of like downtown uh, Honolulu that you know still retain some of that Hawaii Five O feel. Sure, sure. And some of the mystique of it. But I mean, it's a big but, city. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a major city. It's a city. There's yeah. skyscrapers and, and uh, uh, graffiti everywhere yeah, yeah, and, and stuff just, like that. Yeah. But boy, you get out of the city, and it is it's unbelievable. It, it it really is. You can't it describe is it, man. so beautiful. Went up to the Dole Plantation, toured the gardens up there, Very went up to cool. the North Shore and Very ate at a, cool. a food truck and uh yeah, got uh, yeah, I I ate well. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows me on Facebook knows I I'll eat well. Sure. And I got to see some really really beautiful things. Oh, yeah, there's just uh, there's no place like Hawaii. It's 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 true. Yeah. Just unique. Yeah, it really is. And, and again, and I, I travel is, a lot, but yeah, yeah, the weather yeah. is perfect. It, it was uh, high eighty five, low seventy five every day. Every day with a little mist that they call uh, liquid sunshine. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, but but mm. here's the thing. So I I get back and I have all my friends here, like, oh, it must be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a bad job. How do I get that job? And I have to remind them, it's not always Hawaii. Right. It's not always Monterey. No. Sometimes. It's Fort Polk, Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, and and you never see the pictures that I post from there, because I don't post pictures from because there's nothing to take a picture of, you know. Well, that, that is that is um, that's Duck Dynasty country right there. It, I guess yeah. no, and it's, that's that's further south yeah, that's from Duck further, Dynasty, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot. It's not Hawaii. It's not Hawaii. No, <laughs> it's, it's you're not, not. You're not getting ahi. You it's know, not. tuna, tacos, tartar, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fish tacos. You're not getting that yeah. in uh, or Fort Riley or 
uh, Fort Irwin outside of Barstow. Yeah, you know? Fort Irwin, man. That, is, <clears throat> that is like going to the moon. That is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it really is. Wow. You will never find yourself just sort of accidentally, no. hey, I was driving by, people and I thought say, I'd stop in. People say, oh, California. <laughs> so, yeah, whenever I say I'm going to Fort Irwin, people say, oh, so California, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like three hours from Vegas. Oh. I mean, three, uh, yeah, from yeah, Vegas. it really oh, is. Oh, so it, it's, it's near L.A. No, it's like three hours from L.A. Yeah, it is. So is it near Phoenix? Well, it's like four hours from Phoenix. <laughs> it's like the, you know, everybody drives 150 miles an hour from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Like, right. you just get out there, and I no, think sure. the police just turn a blind eye, because you're just trying to get through that part. It is the part that everybody tries to speed through. Yeah, that's what for, that's where Fort Irwin is. But then, but it's not on the way though. You got to no, take a yeah, left and true. go another hundred miles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it really yeah. you know. But uh, what's it called? The rock, the box, yeah, the box, is that the what box. It? I think yeah. it's what it's called. Yeah, because each each installation, yeah. army installation, has a name. Like uh, Fort Hood is the great place. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, anyways. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not always Hawaii. No, but sometimes it's Hawaii. <laughs> and I will tell you, I actually like El Paso. El Paso, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's mountains. People don't realize it. But you Texas, got great food there. And, oh, I can't wait, man. Yeah, Carlos and Mickey's is yeah, that's that place is fantastic. And I live music it. on the weekends and uh-huh, stuff like that. The little yeah. mariachi guy. Comes yep, up to you that's well. right. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great food there, and you know, you and I love to eat. So sure. So okay, so we've been traveling a lot, and travel takes it out of us. Yes. But uh, every, even though you and I are going to continue our crazy travel schedule, seems like everyone is kind of settled for the summer, right? Yeah, All, everyone has taken their summer vacations. Well, everyone everybody in is the south, the southern half of the United States, because, because I've got some, uh, you know, some folks I know in uh, Northeast, and some clients I have, friends, whatever. They oh, don't, they sure, don't, they, they don't, don't go back until yeah, they take August is their big vacation month because they don't go back till after Labor Day. But for us here in the South, your kids, well, most of the kids around here started school today. Yeah, August fifth. Yep, my you kids. Your watch. Yes, to make, <laughs> yeah. My kids start um, a week from today or a week from yesterday. And my kids start uh, two days from now on the Thursday, seventh. the seventh. Yeah, my, my anniversary, the seventh. Oh, twenty-one years this yes. time. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. we were. Uh, my oh, wife yeah, went yeah, with yeah. me. Okay, Pebble so you Beach. Went, you went to uh, Monterey this year. So celebrate. Last year you got to go to Vincenza for your twentieth, and Italia. this year, this year you, you go, go to Monterey. Monterey. Yeah, yeah, you guys are doing it right. We are people. Hey, man, I will tell you this: um, investing in your marriage well mm-hmm. is actually a great financial decision because there are a few things more expensive than divorce. Yeah. And there's an entire industry that's grown up around that. Divorce. We're, yeah, around yeah. divorce. Where attorneys There's and... a new documentary called Divorce Corp. Right. And it's about the fifty billion dollar divorce industry and it's attorneys and it's real estate agents. Yeah. And uh, it's it's uh it's actually it's uh, uh, refi mortgage folks, right? And it's They're predatory it, almost. Oh, it, it yeah. is. It is. It is also the repo men that uh, oh, come and word. get your cars and those services and those uh, bankruptcy attorneys and all of those associated with divorce because people rarely realize how ridiculously expensive it is. Now, what is what makes divorce so expensive? Well, is it just it, 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 generally it's when when there's a lot of animosity? Yes, and the divorce lawyers. For the most part, here's the deal. There, there are some laws that prevent lawyers um, from, and I, and please, uh, somebody, mm-hmm. you know, email me, correct me on this. Uh, but in most states, you you cannot base your fee on a percentage of what the settlement. Yeah, on the settlement. Yeah, it can only be hourly. Okay, so their hourly rate is enormous, but it's but it, more than that, it means that they are not. Uh, incentivized to do it quickly. Right, 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 right. So they're taking their time. They're incentiv- that's how they get paid. But the best way to to make it last is to foment that the animosity, animosity between yeah. the two uh, of them. And so, and the best way to do that is to speak in your client's ear about how she or he is uh, entitled to yeah. much, much more. And that ends up, you end up spending so much more. I mean, the, the billboards that say $350 divorce, whatever, right. that's one hour conversation. <laughs> and, and, and That's the preliminary. Yeah. yeah. So, 
there are some great things happening. I was just at a conference a couple of weeks ago about some great things happening in the divorce industry by divorce lawyers who are wanting to do things differently. Oh, yeah, we and, were at that conference together, yes, right? Yeah, that was and, the one in Dallas. Yes, and, and that is exciting. Who are Collaborative divorce was a big, is a huge movement. I mean, that's where you sign on and uh, the lawyers sign on, but they agreed that if we can't do it through this collaborative way, which involves a mediator and a, and a counselor. Okay. Then they have to recuse themselves, and you got to hire. So if they will not participate in an animosity based uh, divorce, okay, right. Um, and so if if you can't get it resolved, well, then they they have, they have to, to they don't get paid, themselves. right? Right. Yeah. And so okay. there are some things, but there but some folks say they just don't can't get people to sign up for that. I'm trained as a divorce mediator. I've done some of that, and that reduces costs dramatically. Um, get things done quickly, and and leaves people feeling much better. Now, how often is it, as a divorce mediator and as a therapist, that you get a couple that just says, "You know what? We don't want to be married anymore," and we're not angry about it. We just uh, we recognize that we've kind of uh, working with one right now. You know, we, we're different people. Well, and they're they're than just, we were. Yeah, and, and it's not equal. Okay, one person initiates that, and yeah. the other person just comes to accept it. And but they're like, "Look, you know, we're more interested in making this as." <sighs> mitigated uh, a difficulty as po- uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know we, do, we don't want this especially to for drag out we don't especially want this to be kids. ugly and and you know overly emotional and especially for our kids yeah right and so I will you know I like doing that and you know I I don't I don't go out of my way to try and salvage it to to save the marriage because it's not my job to save the marriage right but yeah you know because usually by the time they're coming to me. You know, it's life support, if, yeah, uh, or the thing's dead, right? And so I'm going to say, all right, well, I'll help you make this process as well as, as good as possible for your kids, but I'll be an advocate for your kids against you, you know. And so if yeah. I see you going in, using the kid as a go-between, which almost always happens, uh. by using a pawn against the other, if I see any of that, I'll call you both on it, whatever. Yeah. And so I, I actually enjoy, you know, when it goes well. And, and and you know it could have been disastrous. You sure, know? it's still expensive. You're still paying me. You still got to pay lawyers, right? Um, in or in order to get it fully done. But the biggest expense, though, the biggest expense of all, is that you're dividing your income now. To support, right, to right, right, right. Yeah, two households. Two households. Yeah, instead of one. So the consolidation of wealth is gone. Right, and and. That's that, that's just remarkably expensive. Sure. So just go ahead and take what you're spending on housing, and uh, double it. Double it, or you know, multiply it by a factor of you know one point you know, six, six or something, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then see what that does to your expendable income. Oof. Well, and then multiply that times the amount of divorces we have, and see what that does to our national economy. Yeah. I mean, other than the sectors that benefit, right? You know, the lawyers and the real estate agents. Uh, and, yeah. Right. And other than those. It's costing our economies so, so much money. It's incredible. And that's how expensive it is. So um, spend money on your marriage, you know? Yeah. So we, we, we take it really... It really is an investment. Yeah, we take point. really yeah. good trips. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Much better trips than we take with our kids. Yeah. Yeah, we take, we take really good trips together and thoroughly enjoy that. And um, Now, the fact that divorce is, is such an ugly thing now, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's really... Uh, it's difficult to divorce well, it is. I think is is uh, is impacting the emerging generation millennials. Yeah, uh, you perspective. And I, you on, and I uh, just saw an article. Yeah, about yeah. That. Time magazine had this article yeah. on uh, what do they call it? the beta. Yeah, marriage. the beta marriage, the so, tryout. Yeah, so well, there there were a couple of different options here that they right. they were uh, presented with a menu of different options, and one was let's do a two year trial. So they did a research thing where they went out to twenty somethings yeah. millennial generation and said of these types of marriage models, which of these other than the traditional, you know, yeah. uh, till death do us part, right, right, which millennials have at least a, a large segment of that population have said um, we've not seen it done well. Yeah. Right? We're looking at where the you know two generations above us are divorcing like crazy since the 60s. I don't want to go through all that. No. So. Plus, we're constantly telling them who you are today may not mm. be who you are in the future, and just right. because you major in this doesn't mean you're going to stick with it forever, and that's going to be okay. But Except then, when it comes yeah, to your mate. Exactly. 
who you choose at 23, 24, 25 is who you're going to be stuck with for the rest of your life. Right. And so they're thinking, well, why is it that way here, but not in any other arena of life? So when they're presented with this option, yeah. and they, one of the, the first option was do a two-year trial period. Right. Let's get married, kind of. I'm doing like little air quotes, married, for that's, two years. Is that the beta? That's the beta test. But not necessarily married. Right. Well, it it is, right. but it isn't. Okay. Are they so living together? Yes, cohabitating. They're, yeah, they're I mean, cohabitating. That's, that's the real trend. But that's actually happening. Sure. But it's also like we're gonna shared assets and stuff like that. But this is we're going into it knowing we have two years. Right. And at any point in time in those two years, we could dissolve this. At the end of those two years, we decide stay, right. go. Right. And if we decide stay. Then we enter into a more traditional mm-hmm. till death do us mm-hmm. part sort of package. Sure. So that's the beta test marriage, and sure. that was one. And and there was a fair amount of support for that. Sure. But then they offered them these other options. Yeah. The, the presidential So you marriage, sign on for four years. For four years. And then you have an evaluative. Yeah. Is there four more? Every four years. Right. You have another, are we good? Are we not? Do sure. we go for another four years? Sure. Uh, that was one. Uh, one was the, um, the mortgage marriage. Oh, are you going to sue a, a five-one arm? Yeah, uh, exactly. Know, so, yeah. so we get a marriage license, but yeah, the marriage ten, license is a five-year, a fifteen-year, right. a thirty-year, yeah, whatever sure, you know. Sure. And uh, underneath all of it is this idea that millennials seem to be embracing um, that there should be periodic renewal yeah. of vows. And well, there should be a reevaluation. A reevaluation, yeah. and if we decide to go for it, to go another turn here, yeah. then then we renew that Here's, commitment. Here and and when some people, traditional people, whatever old fogies like us, sure. we yeah. hear that, and oh my gosh, oh, it's hell in a handbasket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until I think there's another way to to think about it is, aren't we already doing that? I don't know. We're just not doing it formally, and we're not doing it together. We're just doing it on our own. Sure. In our own heads. Well, in a healthy marriage, but again, I No, think... no, I think any marriage, you're evaluating, do I want to do this? Uh, okay. You're yeah. always constantly thinking about I, this. I think more marriages are evaluating, do I not want to do this so badly that I'm willing to go through all the crap that w- I would have to go through to get a divorce? Maybe. Because right now, and, and I think, again, tying back into what we were talking about earlier, right now, if you want out of your marriage, mm-hmm. you have to hire an attorney. Oh, I, Like, I mean, you it's, can't it's, just go down no, to City Hall no, and big, fill out paperwork. It's a big deal. But if your marriage license expired, mm-hmm. just like your driver's license will expire. And you had to retest. You got to renew it. Yeah. You've got to do something active, otherwise it will expire on its own, and then you just don't drive, yeah. right? Or you just, your marriage dissolves because you didn't renew your sure. license. I mean, all, uh, what we're saying is, that, look, that, that I don't think they are, the, the people who are responding to these surveys, the quote-unquote millennials, we're not going to throw some blanket over this no, of course who not. they all are, no. but uh, they are simply saying... Why don't we think a little more strategically about this thing? Yeah. Rather than just a once and done type of mentality. And I do believe that for a lot of our listeners yeah. and a lot of our friends, just because of the 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 backgrounds that we have, right. for a lot of them, they are tied into their marriage primarily because of some religious yeah. sensibility. You mean or religious obligation. There's at least that's part of the That is a part of the equation. Yes. And for this irreligious, yeah, largely uh, you know, largely pluralistic, more, irreligious more generation, generation, right? They don't see it that way. No. So why would I? Why would the state require right. that of this one thing in life, but nothing else in life? Mm-hmm. If I go get a real estate license, I have to do some things right. to keep it active. If I get a I have a, a license to practice law or to practice medicine or anything, any kind of license other than a marriage license. The marriage license is the only license the state gives you mm-hmm. that is one and done. Mm-hmm. And in order to get out of it, you have to hire attorneys and spend tens of thousands of dollars. And I think that's what is fueling some of this. Maybe we should make it easier. Maybe we should put some seams. Sure. There's in a, it. But there is one other one. There's another one. 
there's another agreement that you enter into that you are held accountable to, uh, and to get out of it requires a huge amount of extrication. Okay. And which one is that? Parenting. Okay. Your name <clears throat> but, goes on the birth Yeah, that's true. That's true. You are held responsible until you are either uh, forcibly removed out of that right, equation, right. or you go through a huge process of voluntarily giving up your Custo- custodial custo- rights or whatever. Yeah. Custodial responsibility. Yeah. However, that one, uh, there's no license required. Like, there's no... And for any other license, you have to do some things. True. You, you have to, you know, True. prove some proficiency. But here's, or you have to, there's but here's my point, though, is we, th- we want to think of marriage like so many other things, mm-hmm. and let's try it on for a little while, and then let's back out back of it. Back out, and, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and all that's nice and good and wonderful. Until you have kids. When you have kids. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Annabelle, my, my 14-year-old, yeah. about this. We went to see um, Avett Brothers at, oh, in concert. Was it was a very, very good show. Oh, cool. Emily Lou Harris opened. Oh, cool, cool. And, so uh, there was yeah, some yeah. good instrumentation it and was, some good guitar yeah, playing. Yeah, and, really, really yeah, nice. Cool. And, and th- 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 that band has a ton of energy. Yeah, was there a banjo involved? Yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, plays a banjo. Yes, I yeah. love the banjo guy. Yeah. And, and again, a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and a guy with a cello, like, he walks around playing the cello. It's oh, kinda, yeah, okay. it's kind of fun. Um, it, it, great show. And uh, Annabelle and I went. And before the show started, I had just read that article. So I was mm. uh, talking to her a little bit about it. Oh, okay. And uh, this is very odd for my 14-year-old. She took the traditional mm. marriage position because gotcha. she thought... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's what she wow. said. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Trial marriage, that's what dating is. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah, she says that's called dating. Mm. And um, and so we were talking about this, and that was the, the big thing that she brought up was um, how insecure it would feel mm-hmm. from her perspective mm-hmm. if... Her parents, if she knew looming out there on the horizon, her parents might. Uh, you yeah, know, they've got. A, they've got. Uh, they've got. They a got test. a year and a half. They've got a marriage test coming up. Yeah, where they're going to see do they get the do, license again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renewed. Or, or um, they get to choose. Yeah, you know, every four years or something like that. So it, it, during the Olympics, you know, every year during the, every time the Olympics come on, they right. know. Oh, th- this is uh, the time be, when I, mom and dad... I could be having to choose which one I'm going to live with. Yeah. Wow. What kind of insecurity yeah. that would create in her. A fundamental insecurity. Yeah. Right? Which is why governments and nations have chosen to protect well, marriage yeah. and incentivize people towards marriage because of what it does it for the... It stabilizes a society. Society, yeah. It does. So here's... But we've done with this no-fault divorce yeah. is destabilize a fundamental, the fundamental building block of society. And, and there are studies. There's that famous guy, that Harvard sociologist, who in the 40s, he, just, he looked at um, societies that have fallen throughout history, mm-hmm. declined, right? Roman Decline of the Roman Empire right, and all that right, kind of stuff. And, and the Greek Empire before that and Persian yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And he's tried to look for what are common factors sociologically that we can point to, right? And the biggest one that he saw was divorce. Right. That when you have a divorce increasing, then it's not, then you can begin to predict the downfall of that society. Now, what's interesting is this guy had no religious bone to, yeah. uh, didn't even yeah. have a religious background, but in the 40s and 50s, when his, he was totally shamed for this work. Yeah. Because. And I told, and it's a difficult, complicated thing. Marriage was used mm-hmm. for so long to keep women in shackles, yes. right? Yes. And th- and they had no societal cachet, so they they had no options. The exactly. divorce was not an option and for a woman who could not work outside of the house, and you, because you couldn't support yourself, exactly. Right now, there are uh, other societies that built in some things for that reason, mm-hmm. but uh, like leveret marriage was for one, sure, right? But uh, there's a reason why people who uh, 
it's so funny. People say, well, we need to return back to the simpler times of the 40s and 50s. And I have a, a part of me yeah. that loves that. I mean, my favorite series, you know me, one of my favorite serious XM stations is 40s on Yeah, books. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I love that era And you and music. I both, yeah, we love the music yeah, from that yeah, era. I love the, the jazz Sinatra of the 50s. And and, yes, yeah. I love that stuff. But I always say, well, who's 40s? Yeah, exactly. Because the 40s were really, really good if you looked like you yeah, or me. Exactly. For a, for a white guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you look like my mom, the 40s wouldn't have been that good. No. If you look like a woman. Yeah. It's a difficult road. You yes. Know? And certainly if you're a minority. So there's a reason why the 60s happened and needed yep. to happen. Yeah. Right? And no fault divorce was like... Was the, part of that. It, and it was like the pill. Mm-hmm. And this revolutionary... Uh, decisions and or technology with law that allowed women to have so much more decision-making power over their lives than they've ever had. Yep. And oddly enough, well, not odd, I think this is predictable almost. Initially, no-fault divorce was used primarily by men who wanted to get out and trade in for a younger model. But now, now, women more and more more than men do. Because they have, because they can. And uh, here's the one of the amazing weird ironies that I don't know if we have the capability for figuring out exactly all the ramifications of this, but single women live longer and make more money. Yeah. Married men live longer and make more money. How weird is that? It is bizarre. Yeah. It is really, really weird. And so one of the things to consider that some folks are considering out there... Yeah. Is okay. I get the part about trying things out, right? Yeah. Wanting something to last, so we're not jumping into it, you know. The so I uh, the, so the beta marriage or whatever, sure. right? But when you got kids, all right, we're gonna do this until the kids are out, and so a lot of folks, that's what they yep, do, exactly. Unfortunately, and. Because they're more married to their kids than they are to one another. And fortunately, they get divorced before the kids are all. You know, like yeah, we talked yeah. about, we talked about this on this before. It's not the empty nest. No, it's, it's the emptying yeah. nest, the emptier nest. It's when your kids are your age. My 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 kids' age. Yes. Not my yes. well, not when your kids are forty four, but right. when your kids right. are the age of my kids. Yes. So my oldest daughter is fourteen. She'll yeah. be fifteen in a month and a half. And you so you are approaching what John Gottman, the premier right. marriage researcher in the world, he says is the height of marital dissatisfaction is when your oldest kid turns fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. And that's when you basically begin to begin the process of disengaging. Yes. And so what we're seeing is folks are saying, I don't want to spend the rest of my life like this. Yeah. You know, I've presented for the kids. Okay. But I've kind of got the kids now where right. they're pretty much on their own. Yeah. Now they're pretty much raising themselves now. Which and is so silly. Yes. Because they're still need both. And one yeah. of the things we're doing in this launching hope, uh, one of the principles we're saying is every, every launch needs a stable launch pad. Yeah, Exactly. But so this is adding to a, the yeah. destabilization of their launch process. Yes, yeah. right. So, but let's say you're more like in my situation, where you know I'm you got a seventeen-year-old yeah, and just a, a few years year old. away, yeah, right? a few years away from this, and so you know, from empty nest, you know, and, well, yeah. and maybe you know, maybe, and so let's let's say seven years from now or something, we're relatively stable financially. We're yeah. able to make a living on our own, each of us, you know. Yes. Let's go our own ways. Yeah. But right now... Ah, uh, we're in it right now. And... Well, but also, it, even it, should you choose to do that, mm-hmm. society has chosen to make it really, really difficult and penalize you for doing mm-hmm. that. And I think that's one of the driving forces behind right. people saying, we got to do something about this. this yeah. we got to make this different. If we're really going to give people the freedom to choose, which, that, I mean, that's a big part of what you and I talk about. Yeah. Is... Giving people the freedom to choose. If we're really going to do that, then we have to reassess the way we penalize people. But here's people. the thing. We already have the freedom to choose. Of course. We're talking about removing the barriers to that choice. Removing some of the consequences. Some of the consequences of, of, of that, that choice. choice. Some of the, I think, I don't know, maybe some of the unnecessary consequences. There are some, that's what people are saying. Uh, superfluous consequences, consequences. right? There's no reason you should have to pay an attorney that much for that long. But the reason why I would say you're having to pay the attorney that much for that long is not because of the law. 
the reason you're having to pay that attorney that much for that long is not because of the law, but because of... You just don't realize how painful it is to divorce. Yeah. We just... Yeah, I've never been through it, so I don't know. We think it should be a little less painful. Maybe a lot less painful. Yeah. We don't... it, It shouldn't have to be this hard. And I deal with that folks uh, with those folks a lot you're out of your mind <laughs> you are out of your freaking mind i'm not and i tell folks look i am not saying don't get a divorce yeah but i sometimes that is the uh, I, it, i'll it, say let's kill this thing yeah right because you're dragging everybody down but i'm not gonna kid around with you this is going to suck yeah awful there's a thing called the divorce diet because people lose weight because it's of the a stress. It's a 15 pounds. Yeah, because of all the stress right. involved. There's If you enter into a relationship before the two-year window that every study's ever been shown that, that it takes you to get, and get back on your feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you enter, the chances of that thing going down in flames are yeah, yeah, yeah. huge. Is it two years? Two or is it one year? No, it's two or is years. It, okay. Post-divorce is what I've, it takes. There are so many different... I've heard one year, mm. I've heard two years, and I've heard... A year for every five years mm. you were married. Most studies, something I, along most those studies lines. I've seen, it's just count on two years. Just a two year, two window. years of just grief. Yeah, See, and that's the thing. It is and a, a, a divorce is like a death in the family. Well, it's worse than a death in the family. It's a death in the family that you still have to interact st- with a yeah. dead person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? which is why in some places, uh, I know in Australia, mm. they're really trying to reexamine. What, what constitutes a family and mm. what constitutes a marriage. Mm. So I heard an, uh, an interview recently with uh, uh, a couple, uh, uh, two lesbian women, uh-huh. you know, obviously, who have three children. Okay. Uh, and uh, two of the children are from prior relationships. Okay. So here they have uh, two women, three kids, uh, five parents total. Okay. Because you've got dads for you know donor right, dads sure, you know, sure, for, sure. for each sure. of the kids, and they're trying to figure out like how can how do we co-parent yeah, and how do we get the state and the government to acknowledge the fact that all five of us are a unit, mm-hmm. and they're trying they're actually seeking to redefine some version of marriage to involve all of them. As a unit, a state-sanctioned, legally recognized corporation. I had a client system that was I was helping them divorce, and one of the things that they were wanting to try and communicate to their kid is just because we're not romantically a couple doesn't mean that all of us are no longer a family. Right. We're all family, you know? Yeah. And here... Stepmom... Here is my... Biological father. Yeah. Yeah, everybody here, we are all family. Here's my pushback. That's adults talking. Yeah, and kids... Yeah, that's... here. And my frustration with all of this conversation <laughs> comes back to, and I think it's beautiful what, what your daughter's telling you, is everybody's talking about it from a parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not thinking about what it's like to be the kid of a divorce. Mm. And you... I know it very, experience very well. that firsthand. Very, very well. And I've counseled tons of kids through it. It sucks. Yeah. It's so awful. And I know there are studies people want to say, look, it's not as bad. That's just trying to help folks feel a little less guilty about the consequences of their choices, mm-hmm. the adults. It's... Awful doesn't mean it's not it's not fatal, right? Right? right I tell right. folks this, but I what I do is I read them the lyrics, and once you look them up, uh, lyrics to two songs, two rock songs that have come out in the last uh, fifteen years, and one is oh, by yeah, the group yeah, yeah, Everclear, told, yeah. and it's called Wonderful. The song is called Wonderful by the rock group Everclear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Let's see, lyrics. Look that up. I got him. All right. 
Hey, ain't life wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Isn't it wonderful now? I close my eyes when I get too sad. I think thoughts that I know are bad. Close my eyes and I count to ten. Hope it's over when I open them. I want the things I had before, like a Star Wars poster on my bedroom door. Wish I could count to ten, make everything wonderful again. I hope my mom and I hope my dad will figure out why they get so mad. I hear them scream. I hear them fight. They say bad words that make me want to cry. Close my eyes when I go to bed, and I dream of angels who make me smile. I feel better when I hear them say, everything will be wonderful someday. Promises mean everything when you're little, and the world's so big, I just don't understand how you can smile with all those tears in your eyes, tell me everything is wonderful now. Please don't tell me everything is wonderful now. I go to school, and I run and play, I tell the kids that it's all okay, I laugh aloud so my friends won't know, when the bell rings, I just don't want to go home. Go to my room and I close my eyes. I make believe that I have a new life. I don't believe you when you say everything will be wonderful someday. Promises mean everything when you're little and the world is big, so big. I just don't understand how you can smile with all those tears in your eyes when you tell me everything is wonderful now. No, I don't want to hear you tell me everything is wonderful now. I don't want to hear you say that I will understand someday. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear you say you both have grown in a different way. No, 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 no. I don't want to meet your friends. I don't want to start over again. I just want my life to be the same, just like it used to be. Some days I hate everything. I hate everything, everyone and everything. Please don't tell me everything is wonderful now. I don't want to hear you tell me everything is wonderful now. That's how I feel. Hmm. I think that is... That captures it for you? So well captured. Hmm. Look, I just want my room. I don't want two rooms. I don't want to have to go through the confusion of wondering, did I pack the right clothes for school tomorrow? Because I don't, I've got two different bedrooms. And which shirt, I wanted to wear that shirt. Oh, crap, it's a dad's house. I can't, oh, crap. And I can't ask mom to take me back to dad's house because mom and dad will get in fights. Oh, crap. Right. And then I hear mom say, hey, you know what? I want you to meet somebody. Right, right. Let me introduce you to my new friend. I don't want to see you be happy. Right? Okay. Because you're doing this so that you can be happier. By the way, it's making my life suck. Right? Okay. Now, this, this is based on the assumption mm-hmm. that mom and dad uh, can't figure out how to get along. So then you hear someone like um, Louis C.K. Right. Right, who is divorced now and mm-hmm. has 50-50 custody with his kids. Right. And he tells people he and his wife have never gotten along as well as they do now. Right. I've so it's that. not that they're angry at each other. They're, they, they, you know, and I think you and I have talked about how at some point in time, the book that needs to be written is Scream Free Divorce. Sure. Um, neither of us can write that book because neither of us are divorced, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, um, and it needs to be written from somebody who's gone through it. But... No, actually, it doesn't. I'm right. I'm <clears throat> oh, okay. already putting together principles okay. for that because I'm working with so many folks sure, getting okay. divorced. So I want to tell them, hey, here's a way to get divorced well. So it is possible to divorce well and minimize some of what that kid talks about in the song. And like you were just saying, yep. I can't ask mom to take me back to dad's house because they'll get in a fight and oh, crap. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for a lot of people, that is their experience, but it doesn't necessarily have to be their experience. And I think what, what the, the people in that article that we were talking about are saying mm-hmm. is, is it possible to get to the end of your 15-year marriage license, you know, and yeah. just say, I don't know, you want, you, you want to go again, or do you, can we just walk away? Right. And not be angry about it. Is that, is that a possible, is that a thing? Yes. The deal, the is deal it possible is, to divorce yes. without being angry? But here's the, what I want folks to hear is, okay, that's great. You get along better than you ever have. It still sucks okay. for the kid. Because I now have to do so many things differently, and I didn't ask for any of this. Right. And I deserve better than this. You owed me better than this. Because now I'm having to so adjust my life because the life you set up, now you don't want. Right. So, for people who say you shouldn't stay married for the sake of your kids. I sometimes have thought about uh, actually writing a book called Stay Married for the Kids. Hmm. You, know, you and I have a friend who went through kind of a a, a, a crisis. True. 
uh, of true faith, a crisis of self. A, sure. You know, I, I hesitate to call it a midlife crisis because yeah. I think it, that minimizes it, and and I want to you know legitimize his feelings and, sure. and everything. Sure. Uh, but that was a big part of it was his decision: Can I stay married mm-hmm. to this person, right, for the sake of my kids? There's another song. Oh, boy. Okay. Called Stay Married for the Kids. There's a song called Stay Married for the Kids. Yep. Who is this by? By Blink-182. Another rock group from the 2000s. 182. Stay Married for the Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay Together. Stay Together for, for the, the kids. kids. Yeah, Stay Together for the Kids. Yeah, shall I read these lyrics as well? They're, they're not as extensive, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's hard to wake up when the shades have been pulled shut. The house is haunted. It's so pathetic it makes no sense at all. I'm... Ripe with things to say, the words rot and fall away. What stupid poem could fix this home? I'd read it every day. So here's your holiday. Hope you enjoy it this time. You gave it all away. It was mine. So when you're dead and gone, will you remember this night? Twenty years now lost. It's not right. Their anger hurts my ears. Been running strong for seven years. Rather than fix the problem, they never solve them. It makes no sense at all. I see them every day. Why We get along, so why can't they? If this is what he wants, and it's what she wants, then why is there so much pain? So here's your holiday. Hope you enjoy it this time. You gave it all away. It was mine. So when you're dead and gone, will you remember this night, 20 years now lost? It's not right. So here's your holiday. Hope you enjoy it this time. And then it goes yeah, again. That's, yeah. And that's not the right, refrain. It's not right. It's here's not your right, holiday. Yeah, right. I hope you yeah. have fun. Right? I'm glad yeah. you're experiencing. It's just this idea that... Uh, because the parents are in so much pain because of their marriage, right. all they can think about is getting out of that pain. Right. And what they lose conscious consciousness of is how much pain they're then causing Inflicting on, on their, their yeah. kids. Right. And and so that's so it's almost like uh, people who are familiar with the with the theory of just war. Uh-huh. A, a just war, the Augustinian principles of what what constitutes a just war, right? Uh, and and some of the principles there are: um, it, will war cause more damage than not war True. is causing? True, right? Yeah, uh, and clearly stated terms yeah. up front, right? Uh, you're doing this. If you don't stop doing this, then this is what's going to happen right. until this happens, right? Right, so it sounds like you're talking about divorce in yeah. a similar context. Are there times? Yes. Will divorce cause more damage than staying together right. is causing? And what I tell folks when they come to me, whether working on marriage, because a lot of here's the deal: is, is you you said, are there people that just come to you and say we've decided? Um, uh, no. Yes and no. There are persons who, who come yes. to you and say, I have decided. But the le- there's never like, all of a sudden, one, two, three, let's break up. Right. That doesn't happen. There's always one... Some yes, precipitating or somebody who says, I don't They think feel I'm stronger about here. it than the yeah. other, right? And, that's, and it's called levels of ambivalence. And there's right. tests you can take, and who's more ambivalent about it than the, others, than the other person. And, and so when one person has really reached ambivalence, the, the marriage has very, very, very little chance, Right. Even though to, so much the other person okay, wants so, so, to say that again. So when when, when one, one spouse has, has a level of ambivalence, like you know what, uh, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, right. Then then the marriage is pretty much it's toast, right? Yeah. And so burying it well is something I do, right? But in that process, I want to make them fully aware. Here are the costs of mm-hmm. it, because. And you know, I've talked about this before. In decision making, it is too easy to think about the benefits of that decision without the and not thinking enough about the costs. Right. And so the best way I think to make an authentic, integrity-filled choice is to do what's called a cost-cost analysis. Sure. You just look at the costs of both, not the pros and cons, just the what cons. Are, what are the cons? Right. And can which feels like it aligns with my values? And so if most. the con, yeah, if the con yeah. of staying together is you'll be so miserable that it will dramatically affect your whole life, including your parents. Right, right. Um, you know, then you got to weigh that against the con of most definitely what will happen mm-hmm. is uh, your kids are going to be dramatically hurt by this. Yes, they, work, they can recover. Kids can recover of from course. anything. Here you here you sit. Sure, right. And you've been well, married for twenty one years. Dude, Next week, I'm a mess. Well, yeah, you are, sure. but but you, yes. you've done quite well for yourself yes. professionally. You, so you you're kind of a pattern breaker in that because people talk about how 
children of divorce tend divorced. to make less money. Right. They do don't do as well and in all of that all, all those statistics are true yes and so i just want but people to do you, you you are the exception and so to that yes uh, and that's because of tons of work and therapy on my part sure. yeah, right? yeah, and, and it's I, not been easy and i think part of it is the choice of what i actually end up doing for a living has uh-huh. helped dramatically yeah. had i just gone into to business i would not uh, i don't think i would have done as well um without learning all the principles that i now then try and sure. teach but Again, it's, none of it's impossible. I just want that to inform conversations sure. that we're having about beta marriage. Right. Right? Just like your, I, I think, again, I, I love Annabelle's point about that, is what How are you doing How much insecurity yeah. what are you doing it to, would create if I'm wondering... Are mom and dad going to stay together? Because that, what, that, what folks don't realize is, again, and that's some of the, what these songs point to, is just... How much marital discord infects your kids mm-hmm. before the divorce, long before the divorce, right? Uh, it just, it infects them so much. And that, and that goes back to, this is why spending money on your marriage, whether that's counseling, whether that's retreats, whether that's vacations, whether that's something, spending money on your marriage is worth it. So, so worth it because... Um, you are establishing, as you always say, what is normal. Yeah. You're defining normal You're for your kids. You're defining normal yeah. for your kids, right? It's a point that I think you make really, really well. And I don't want normal for my kids to be a growing, um, constant, in Annabelle's words, insecurity. Yeah. You know? That just this sense of, I don't know. Now, at the same time... We're also saying in this new book that innocence is overrated, and we're going sure. to expose our kids. I just don't want to rush my kids into that because of my inability to make the most important relationship in my life work better. Hmm. And yet, again, to hold us to our screen-free principles, yeah, I can't single-handedly make a relationship work. No. So to say, all because I can't make the most important relationship. Sure. I, I, I can't own all of it. All of this relationship. No. I can own my part of it. True. Right. And and my choices. True. And understand that my choices affect the pattern here. Very much so. But if your spouse, like you said, has reached that point of ambivalence. Right. You don't you can't own that. True. You can't. And it's a difficult balance because at the same time, if I got divorced from Jenny, if I'm talking to my kids about that uh, it's of no comfort to them for me to say, uh, you know, I did all I could. Yeah. That's of no comfort to them None whatsoever. whatsoever. Yeah. My, my say, look, there, I am not responsible for the whole thing, but you deserve better. You deserve better. Yeah. You know? I was talking to a guy at church Sunday who's recently come through a, a very painful divorce over mm-hmm. the last course of the last year, and he was talking about how even at church, like you know, we're we're more comfortable discussing things like divorce in church settings now than we were thirty five, forty years ago. True. Um, he says it's still, you know, oh, it's still yeah. kind of Scar- him scarlet off. letter. Yeah, it's the you D. Know, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. he's got a big scarlet D on his chest. Exactly. And uh, and and how difficult that makes it, how awkward socially it can be for him. Right. But I, I reminded him, can you imagine the pressure on? You know, Stephen, our our lead pastor at our church, Stephen and his wife, mm-hmm. because if their marriage doesn't work, he he doesn't just lose some social cachet. Oh, he loses his job. He sure. loses his job, Probably. maybe his career. Yeah, because it's not like he can go down to a church you know, in another part of town right. and get a job, right? For for someone in your position, yeah, someone in my position, you know. Uh, the pressure. Oh well, my son just made uh, had a uh, a thing happen, right? That was pretty pretty scary and pretty severe uh, a couple weeks ago. And while we handled it, he texted me, "Thanks for not freaking out on me." Mm-hmm. Which I responded, "Dude, that would be bad for business." Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I'm, I'm the screen free yeah. parenting guy. I'm not going to freak out, right? But I, it, it, yes, there's a ton of pressure on it. Ton of pressure on people in our industry, mm-hmm. people in our line of work. Sure. Because we go, we travel the world and talk about screen-free marriage. Sure. And then if our divorce unravels, or our, our, marriage, our, our marriage unravels, right. uh, even if you know I can only own part of it, you can only own part of it. If Jenny decides to leave you, yep. 
it impacts, again, thinking through the consequences sure. of our choices, because it doesn't just impact me. Mm. And that's, that's what I want folks to think about. Yeah. Again, that doesn't mean you, you can't, should can't yeah, get a right, divorce. Right. It just means let's count the cost as you go through it, because that's going to help you go through it much, much better mm. when you go through it. Yeah. Count if fully the it. cost. If yeah. you go through it, your ability to count, that's why you, doing, going through a divorce without counseling is insane. Ridiculous, yeah. It's insane. Do it actively. Help yeah. somebody, have somebody to help coach you through it because it's going to hurt worse than you've ever imagined, right? And at the same time, you're going to experience freedoms that... Uh, you're going to need help with. That, that Yes, you're going to need help with. <laughs> that are going to feel great and challenging and weird, and, yeah. and, and you're going to have so many conflicted feelings, right? Because you might be feeling better while your kids are feeling mm-hmm. worse as they have to deal with sure. it, right? It's it's going to be so, so difficult. Uh, again, it doesn't mean you shouldn't ever do it. Right. And that's all I think what's happening with these folks who've grown up as children of divorce. Millennials are wanting to... Yeah. Maybe there's a different way to maybe think about yeah. it. Right? Maybe the, and that's one of the reasons why they're cohabitating more than ever. It's one of the ways reasons why they're putting off marriage mm-hmm. longer than ever. Right? These, these things are happening. But while everyone's beginning to question maybe monogamy... Doesn't work, especially if we're living longer, yeah, get yeah. married younger, all that. Yeah, the reality is, man, I don't. We got to yeah. tease out: no, is this yeah. is this socialization or what? But kids just expect mom and dad to stay together. Yeah, yeah, they, they just expect it, right? And if it is not going to happen, there better be a really good yes. Well, it, 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 a yeah. process through yeah. that. It's a birth. It's a very difficult birth to a new reality. Yeah. Because it also involves a death and a burial of the, of the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. The dissolution of it. Yeah. Ugh. What a... It, well, that's all cheery. Turned into a really cheerful Yay, topic here. Screen-free us. divorce. Well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. Two guys who are trying to learn how to calm down so that we can grow up, so that we can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.